Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glennis. And I'm Ashley. And this week we're discussing Jessica Behind Bars, which is episode nine from season two and originally aired on the 1st of December, 1985. Our writer is Carlton Eastlake and he wrote one episode of the show and that (laughs) is it. (laughs) So, So I guess we'll just get right into the synopsis. So Jessica is covering for a friend of hers whose name I cannot remember, who is a teacher at a women's uh, prison. She comes to teach the English class on her friend's behalf, but she's obviously already read all the stories written by the inmates. So she's sort of talking a bit about that when she comes. Anyway, she arrives and she meets the whole cast of characters after she's locked into the prison. We have Warden Elizabeth Gates, played by Vera Miles. Deputy Amanda Debs, played by Barbara Baxley. Dr. Irene Matthews, played by Janet McLaughlin. So these are all the ladies that work there. And the cook is called Miss Springer, and she's played by Yvonne DiCarlo. Now, in the class are a a bunch of the inmates, namely Mary Stam, played by Linda Kelly, Catherine, played by Adrian Barbeau, Dixie, played by Margaret Avery, Louise, played by Susan Oliver, and Tug, played by Eve Plum. Those are sort of the main ladies, so there's a whole group of them. There's, there's (laughs) There's a lot going on at the prison and there's a lot of infighting happening with the staff. So the warden's very angry with the doctor and the doctor goes back to her office where Mary, who seems to be the most upstanding of the prisoners and all the prisoners seem to really like her, has broken into the in pharmacy it seems to steal medication but you think that maybe her motives might be altruistic anyways when she realizes the doctor's coming back she hides and while the doctor's in her office the riot alarm is tripped and so all the doors lock i mean for a bit jessica's locked into the classroom with all the inmates which i guess isn't that well planned out i don't know if there's a guard in there anyways when the warden comes and unlocks things they realize that dr matthews is dead the prisoners start rioting and they hold all of the staff hostage. Sorry, I forgot to mention, there's also an inmate called Bertha, played by Suzanne Perez. So it seems like- Do they start rioting before or after they think it's Mary? They start rioting once the warden accuses Mary because they find Mary in the examination room hiding. And so what happens is, is there's a couple of prisoners that are sort of thinking this through logically about how they're going to get out of this. And then there's Catherine, who's trying to get everybody fired up to riot. So the ones who sort of end up kind of befriending Jessica are Louise, Bertha, and Mary. But because when they accuse Mary of killing the doctor is when the other inmates get unhappy, but Catherine wants to, to try to bust them out of the prison altogether. That's what she says. So anyways, they get Jessica to help them because they want, Jessica convinces them that it would be better if they try to solve what happened and not try to escape because then they won't get killed potentially. Anyway, she starts investigating with the support of some of the prisoners. There is a lot of conspiracy stuff going on in the prison, but the end result, and keeping in mind that Mary particularly the other prisoners really like her and she was there because she'd murdered her husband. 
but he was really abusive and the local authorities wouldn't do anything about it. So we, all of our sympathies lie with Mary and yeah. Louise and Bertha. And and Tug's not bad either, actually. And neither is yeah. Dixie. They just sort of get a bit carried away, but they they do, they're always trying to work with Jessica. Anyways, so Jessica finds out that the warden's only been there for five months and she's been trying to implement change in the prison. This change has hit a lot of blockades and she can't understand why. And it turns out the reason for that is that um, the deputy um, was running a scheme where the cook was selling off the food to a food supplier. So the inmates were getting bad meals. Dr. Matthews was selling off her pharmacy supply and then diluting the um, painkillers so that they could basically just rake in money at the expense of the prisoners' welfare. And the prisoners did know that they weren't being treated well, but nobody would listen to them. And the mm -hmm. warden didn't realize that all this was going on. Um, but she did have an informant who was a lady called Susan, who's in the infirmary, but she didn't want to tell them that that's what she'd been doing when Dr. Matthews was killed because she was worried if she outed Susan as helping her that Catherine would try to kill her. So anyways, <laughs> so we find out that, and also Mary was in the off in the pharmacy trying to steal medication because she was trying to help. She felt that Dr. Matthews was under prescribing pain medication for the prisoners and she was trying to help the people. Wasn't she doing an, a, like a nurse program or something like that where she was like, she wasn't, but she had agreed to be the kind of de facto nurse yeah. because she knew that the inmates were being badly treated in the infirmary and she was trying to help them. Anyways, so it turns out that it was uh, that Dr. Matthews had committed suicide, mm -hmm. but Debs had stolen the suicide letter to cover it up because she was worried the suicide letter would implicate her and the ring of other people involved in this sort of like embezzlement. Um, but who she'd actually murdered was uh, um, Mims, who is the food supplier that was buying the sort of contraband food off of Miss Springer. And she had an accomplice who was da -da -da -da, Catherine. Yeah. So the most fiery of them all, Miss Adrian Barbeau herself, real naughty. But in <laughs> the end, it, it ends sort of happily where sort of, I mean, everybody's fine. Nobody's been murdered apart from the murder. <laughs> Nobody's been killed in sort of a conflict. And Mary, and the warden says she won't be seeking, um, I think she's, did she say retribution? Or I can't remember what the terminology she Oh uses. yeah, she said recriminations. Recriminations, sorry, against, particularly against Louise and Bertha because they, Jessica said, you know, they risked their lives to save you. So you got to kind of, and, and Mary, they're going to try to get her out of prison at the next parole hearing. So, oh, great. And the fun fact for this episode is this episode features an almost entirely female cast. The only men are police officers seen at the very end. So, yeah, I like, yeah, I like that. It passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> Does it ever? <laughs> Don't talk about any guys in this. They, they're only talking about the mystery and you know the mistreatment of the prisoners and all that kind of stuff so anyways here we go jessica's behind bars what do we make of that <laughs> <laughs> i mean the scenes of like sort of jessica marching around and then like all these prisoners marching around with her in this lockdown prison and then the scenes <laughs> where they have all the shotguns like the amount of times they cocked the shotgun 
I, I mean, if I if that was a drinking game, I would have been blackout drunk by the end. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the the weaponry was. I mean, <laughs> they were constantly like, you know, pointing them at people. And... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they disarmed like uh, quite an older set of guards. I mean, for okay, baseline. No, but one lady wasn't that old. But... Brady wasn't, but the yeah. other ladies were. But it was. Um, there's a couple of things like and to be clear I like this episode I like that it's all ladies I think it's kind of a fun scenario for Jessica to find herself in anyways the outside of the prison looks like quite a beautiful townhouse which I was like oh right okay it's meant to be a penitentiary and the ladies I love that this is like a prison for sort of like you know 30 to 50 year old women Right. And they get to wear beautiful skin tight jeans and uh-huh. like real like close fitting uh <laughs> collared jean shirt. Super glamorous like, hair and oh, makeup. I mean everybody looked beautiful. I was like, oh, this looks uh, like a kind of nice place. Insane. <laughs> I wrote down that um there's a lot of body in the hairstyles. <laughs> yeah. They were very yeah. vertical. There's a lot of body. <laughs> There's a lot of body. Yaddy, There's yaddy. a lot of body. It was, um, yeah, I mean, like Mary's hair, I mean, Tugs, Adrian Barbeau's. I mean, it was just. The right, warden's hair was a helmet. Yeah. yeah so sky uh, high. Well, I will say the prison is clearly like stealing from them in terms of food and, uh, well, you know, medications and stuff like that. Not stealing from them in terms of hair product, you know, yeah. they are getting the full dose. That is not diluted perm solution going into those hairs. I love that it's a battle of the curly haired ladies in this episode. Yeah. We have the good curly haired lady with the red hair and the uh-huh. bad curly haired lady with the dark hair. And it's like, there's <laughs> there's such beautiful curls. <laughs> it's like, it's, and I loved um, Louise. The only one I felt had a, accurate haircut to what I think you would have in prison was Bertha because it just yes. was sort of a normal but Louise had this beautiful flippy bob oh, yeah that... I yeah I loved Louise me too I love Louise and Bertha they made me laugh and I thought they were sweet and I yeah was like... I like wanted to know <laughs> okay so I love the movie Con Air obviously everyone knows this um <laughs> <laughs> They never say why Baby O is in prison Mm -hmm. in Con Air. And it's like a, it's really annoying. But, and that's how I felt about Louise. I'm like, can we please learn? Like, although we didn't really know why most of them were in prison, except for Mary and Tug. Yeah. So I think, because Mary's story felt like you could see that maybe something similar would have happened to Louise and Bertha because they felt like, a bit like you know what I mean it just was an interesting because Catherine you're like yeah she's got a, a hair trigger temper you know you yeah. can see that maybe no. she would have run afoul of something and you're right Tug but it's interesting that Mary's in the same prison having committed been uh, found guilty of murder and Tug in, is in the same prison as her having been found guilty of robbery like I yeah I, I don't know um, no, it's it was it. I was like I was obsessed with wanting to know why Louise was in prison. 
She's like a white collar criminal. <laughs> a little bit like that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but yeah, it reminded me of, yeah, Baby O from Con Air, where you're like, okay, why? Right, because you're thinking, what could these people have possibly done? Like, you know what I mean? Because they just seem like these normal ladies living in like a boarding house. (laughs) Something about it that's like, because none of them are. I mean, I guess they're a little bit violent, but a lot of pointing of guns. You know, I mean, surely like shotguns wouldn't be readily available in a prison i mean well no because they steal them off the guards so the guards no, there's a, i mean still like and there were so they, many of them like they need yeah, something like that was at their hip so like if they needed to run and like see something not a shotgun because who had the shot because not all the guards had a shotgun because the ones that were with jessica had like what do you call it? like billy clubs or whatever you call it baton mm. sort of things they're not called yeah. batons but you it know what felt I'm like an interesting choice for a, <laughs> a prison guard to be holding a shotgun it looked right like though for adrian barbeau and her jean top to be cocking Absolutely. a shotgun the image of it that. is <laughs> it felt right to me but yeah i know what you're saying it's like and there's also these scenes where like they are holding these people hostage. And yet there's the scene where they go in to the um, kitchen. And first of all, the cook is actively drinking. <laughs> they go and she like yeah. hides her bottle. And then they're all just like hanging out in there. They're like having a joke and they're stealing the snacks. And the cook's just like, oh, guys, like, come on. And it, it's like, oh, this feels quite lighthearted. <laughs> basically well, a right, riot and then jessica starts like making fun of the the meal that the cook has prepared and it's like jessica come on like, <laughs> there's a time and a place and this is neither like oh god i can't i'm just, let me find what she says some whatever the meal is like i didn't really catch it but she's like ne- neither the vegetables nor the lamb like or they died of natural causes or something like it was like, like she was like neither the vegetables nor the lamb like made it into this pot of whatever you're making like <laughs> yeah it's like jessica oh and what said, was it what was the day oh, no, she said that they had died of old age and she says i suggest you give it a decent burial oh <laughs> right it's like okay but jessica she is in some bits like scared and like worried for her safety yeah. but she is also it's funny once she gets on the scent of the mystery she starts really confronting people where you're like is this like a good idea like because the cook she's really going for her and like if she doesn't play it right the women could like kill the cook if they want you know what I mean if they felt like she was doing something she wasn't supposed to although it sounds like they all already kind of knew that she was bad or whatever yeah but. i think they but they thought it was the warden's fault i think mm-hmm. but oh my gosh also so vera miles i really like her she's a great actress um but she plays the warden and it's really hard because she's in another murder she wrote where she tells jessica that her son like the dad is frank 
Oh, yes. And yeah. It enrages me so much that it's it's hard to Is it Frank? I mean, spoiler, it ends up oh. she ends up not it's not Frank. She's just trying to get Jessica to I think help her prove that he's innocent. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so infuriating. <laughs> but like different characters, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this lady is uh... makes me so mad when I see her. I'm just oh. like, damn it. Like you be. Yeah, like you're the jerk that told Jessica that <laughs> Frank had cheated on her while he was in Korea. Yeah, although that is one of those episodes where they like. She calls his old uh, military buddies to see if they remember her. And they're all like, but why she would think that his like military pals would like narc him out. Like they'd never do that. No, that's true. (laughs) Narc him out some like decades later. Yeah, (laughs) after he's died, they're like, Jessica, you're dreaming. Even if he did, I'm never going to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I was laughing in my notes. Um, that <laughs> Glynis kept saying, this is chaotic. <laughs> it was chaotic. It was. Yeah. I mean, I agree. the stakes were really high. It was like everyone was running back and forth and it did feel <laughs> when they do the one um, sentence, like the one set thing, like when Seth rolled down that hill in those cabins. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a claustrophobic feel to it too. So it does feel like there is just chaos. There were guns like just pointed left and right all the time, like a double barrel rifle. And then like one like tiny room in a prison. And you're just like, this is very tight quarters. It so kind of like- made me think of uh, Michael Jackson's Beat It music video. Yeah. Like, yeah. Running around in a... <laughs> parking garage like this right. very confined space and they're like dancing around each other and then there's the two different groups and they're mad at the warden but they're mad at each other and honestly I mean because we've taken like a little bit of a break and so this is a you know new year first episode back and wow wow it was a lot it's a like sort of like a bottle episode though right because you're only ever in one location I know it's not one room but it's one sort of area I mean and you're right Ashley it's like the number of times Jessica gets a shotgun pointed in her face right and you're like oh they're gonna shoot her in the head with a double barrel shotgun it's like that seems (laughs) grim pretty rough it's like also funny to me that like I know this isn't uh, we'll get to aging that's a bit of number but it's like that all these women are like at least 40 right and right. so it's like right. only Tug is young I mean not that 40 is not young but like like a younger woman and it's like it just is a funny dynamic where you're kind of looking at all these ladies you're like I feel like Catherine should kind of know better <laughs> like she's like a grown adult like but obviously she has ulterior motives we don't know about. And but she's like firing up these other ladies to kind of follow her. And then they yeah. it's kind of sad at the end when they realize that she's like betrayed them because yeah. it's like, you know. And also, she, is it the world's smallest prison? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like 10 people in there. No, and what's it called? It's not called a prison. What's it called? The Institute for Women. 
So, you know, it wasn't even called a correctional facility. Mm-mm. No. Well, yeah. be, you know, they were offering them class, English classes taught yeah, by a world renowned uh, mystery writer. <laughs> it felt more like, um, like, uh, like reform, like yeah. a reform school or something, or like something in between where, you know, except for the food part, but yeah. Well, and I suppose they all kind of have, we, I mean, we don't see it that much apart from the very beginning, but they all seem to kind of have free access to the area. So it's like, yeah. they're probably, they must be kind of non, I don't know. They're not that worried about what these ladies are going to get up to. So they're, yeah. they're just kind of allowed to walk around. Obviously Mary's working in the, with the doctor, yeah. they're given a certain amount of freedom which so I don't know I guess that just implies that maybe I don't really know how prisons work but it just implies that maybe it's a lower level prison like level of security is a little bit yeah yeah or like you could see that maybe one of them or some of them might be allowed out on like day release and stuff like that for like jobs and things like that but it you know that wouldn't it wouldn't be that surprised I guess it is pretty small anyways (laughs) trying to figure I don't really know how it's like we get there, we're in the prison, and I'm like, yep, yeah, this is all how it is. Jessica does the funniest sneer when she arrives and she looks at the prison and she's like, Ugh. <laughs> I was like, this is a beautiful building. <laughs> like, in another episode, this would be like the Russian embassy or something like that. And you'd be like, ooh, la la, I'm going for a party there or something. <laughs> <laughs> but the cultural ash Um <laughs> also when she arrives i miss misheard i thought the guard said so she what she says is wait here a moment but i thought what the guard said was wait here mama <laughs> you're like that's too casual with jessica <laughs> jessica's not gonna like that oh you're like uh-uh uh uh mama uh uh mama (laughs) she's not gonna like that (laughs) yeah no i i do like this episode but yeah it's it is like a it's a wild one yeah well it's like a i think what's interesting about it is that you sort of like what you were saying about louise it's like because they're all ladies and you kind of don't really know why anybody's there it's like you're kind of interested in all these people, but there are a lot of people. So it's like, right. You know, there's the warden, but there's also the deputy warden. And there's like, you know, sometimes it, it does feel like they'll say a name and you're like, wait, which, which person are they talking about? <laughs> That's true. And yeah, I did laugh when I think it's Bertha says to her, like, you got any more of those hunches let me know and jessica's just like keep an eye on the warden and like walk yeah. off it's like yeah, she's just running the that, show yeah. it's not even yeah i know bertha works for her now yeah, so it's like, just yeah, like... yeah. and then there's, later she's just like you know not worried about Catherine, and it's just i don't know it's funny well she thinks Catherine is being silly the whole time yeah and so she never even though she's sort of scared of her a little bit, like I think she kind of sees through the bluster a bit. And so she, she quickly gets on side the people that she knows are going to listen to her. Right. And then she, 
builds up her case kind of against Catherine. Well, and Louise kind of recruits her and is like, if you don't help us, then, you know, Catherine will do it her way, which is not good. Right. Well, Catherine's going to try to get them all killed. So that's like... It's hard to know what Catherine's like kind of endgame was. Well, I bet you're, I I think you're supposed to think that um, Deb's probably told her that she'd look after her or something and like maybe get her sentence commuted or so, you know, God knows what, but you know, she was just flying by the seat of her pants, I guess. Um, What else did I, I wrote down lots of stuff and now I'm trying to remember the bit where the deputy or like the assistant governor, Mrs. Campbell, the like deputy governor calls who they've been corresponding with while they're in the prison, the lady on the phone. I thought I did think it was a little confusing when she said, you guys are all in danger. There were two sets of fingerprints on the morphine. And I was like, what? What does any of that yeah. <laughs> mean? But what she was saying was because one of the sets didn't match any of the prisoners or staff it could only have come from like an outside person so they would say someone had broken into the prison but that like did they do anything else with that like information okay so here's what i was a little bit confused about which i it sort of stems off this dr matthews was she not the real dr matthews and deb's had hired her like Yes, she was a real doctor. This is how I understood it. That she was okay. a real doctor, but she had a criminal history or something. Mm-hmm. So she, I thought she used someone else's fingerprints. So the background check came back clean. Oh, right. Is okay. that, is that right, Megan? The meds, right? Yeah, but yeah. she had a criminal. Didn't she use someone else's yeah. fingerprints? So it came back. I, I thought, or she bypassed not putting any fingerprints in or something. Oh. Or the fingerprints in the file didn't match those on the corpse. So you're right, Ashley. She must have used somebody else's because when they were saying there was an independent set of prints, they yeah. meant Dr. Right. Okay, that went so that was the part head. I was confused me about. Too. Like to me, she seemed like a and maybe she wasn't, but it didn't they didn't ever question her um like her doctor degree, mm. her like physician degree. I don't think. I think it was more just that she had had dealings in the past and probably wouldn't have been hired at a prison if she had had that pass i think that's how i I why right okay this seems like a fundamental but why did deb's kill ms mrs mims because mims (sighs) was mims blackmailing her for more stuff no, no. It, she seemed to be doing nothing but hiding in the basement and accepting and I, she, I mean, I thought stolen she was goods. in with, with the cook. The cook. Maybe it was that she was worried. So the cook would kind of stand by her because she'd been a part of all this. But maybe she was worried that with Matthew's dying, Mims would sort of betray her. And so she had to get rid of her because she was... Because because okay and because she was the only one that knew (laughs) that matthews had killed herself and if mims decided she was going to point the finger of blame at somebody she could have pointed it at deb's because she knew that deb's was the head person of this like little crime syndicate Mm -hmm. and then deb's would be held accountable for matthews's death okay but why 
And then she'd have to admit that Matthews did kill herself. And then she'd have to explain why she'd stolen the note. And God. although that seems quite a way around, you know, I don't think Mims didn't strike me as someone that was going to tell anybody anything, but I could be wrong about that. I know. I thought that was a little confusing. I was like, okay, I get it. The Debs is bad. You know, she's the, Mm. she's the bad one. Been trying to cut costs and stuff like that. Yeah. But but she's also a very petite older lady who I guess had the physical strength to take a giant knife and plunge it into somebody's back and murder them in the five seconds that the lights were out. Yeah. Which I don't know the kind of rage you'd have to have there. It feels like. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. She was mad that she didn't get promoted to warden. Yeah, so that's when she started the, um, but they said that the, that this had all been going on for years. So even it must have been Warden Gates's predecessor that, that, that uh, Debs had been passed over for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So this had now been going on for such a long time that the warden had only sort of gotten to the, you know, it wasn't directed necessarily at Warden Gates, but she was sort of an easy patsy and she'd left Debs in charge while she'd gone off politicking. Yeah. And, but she had those fainting spells and I was also <laughs> surprised that she had, she said there's plenty of money for the food and that she was, she legitimately said like there was, cause usually oftentimes when they're portraying prisons, you know, or things like that, that there isn't enough money for the food. Mm. Um, anyway, that just, I was like, Oh, so they could have been, they could have had better meals with lamb. <laughs> yeah because if if so was the idea that cook was buying the food and then immediately selling it off to somebody else yeah. and then using like old food for the prisoners i think so yeah <laughs> it's yeah. pretty rough if they they have no proper food and then they have no proper medication right and like the cook seemed like you know was portrayed beautifully by Yvonne de Carlo as a hot mess so that's like fine but the doctor you're like that is kind of crazy because she seemed well she seemed obviously very worried about everything going on but you think she'd have some sort of like duty of care that, that is pretty bad so anyway anyways I know. I love Avonda Carlo. Me too. I think she's great. And I thought she was very good in this. <laughs> I did too. I thought she was really pretty too. She's really pretty. She's pretty. Yeah. But they really like, it's funny. She has such a pretty uh, face in this episode, but they make the rest of her look kind of grimy because right. she's supposed to be like this kind of, and they're all like, yeah, cookie. And she's like, oh, guys, come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I I love her. She's she's great. She was good. I like that she gave up Debs pretty quickly. She's just like, whatever. I don't have anything to lose. She doesn't have a medical license or anything. <laughs> she's in like the very first episode of um, Bonanza. Is huh. she? Did she hook up with Ben? Uh, Adam. No, Adam. Like they like each other, but Joe has a crush on her. Oh, Ben's the dad. Sorry, I meant Adam. 
<laughs> I meant Adam. Wait, isn't Ben the dad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I meant Adam. Yeah, Adam. It's like. Yeah, of course. Of course. There's only one option on that show, and it's Adam. <laughs> well, little Joe's pretty cute. He's just young. He's cute. He's too young. Okay. Yeah. He's too yeah. young, and he has no mystery or sort of like kind of what does adam have kind of a like he seems troubled yeah and and like he's been through some stuff yeah Yeah, okay i'm looking it up like michael landon was only 23 right yeah (laughs) that's pretty young and adam was like 45 no no he's 31 (laughs) but yeah it makes more sense even when I was a little kid and I used to watch episodes of Bonanza, I'd be like, I don't know why anybody would be interested in any other brother but Adam. I mean, <laughs> and occasionally look, I Ben. I remember thinking <laughs> little Joe and calling him that. <laughs> I understand it's like also not, doesn't sound good. Oh my God. You can edit this out. But on this season of Before the 90 Days for 90 Day Fiance, this one couple refers to sex as sexy time nope. exclusively. Don't, I don't and like it that. Is, nope. it and is not that. as a joke, right? Not as a no, joke no. amongst them. It is. <laughs> no. okay. Okay. You can add it Are you telling me that um, Adam refers to it as sexy time? No, I just, I was thinking of it kind of like, yeah. He's right. I don't know. He's like really dark and troubled, and then all of a sudden he's like, "You guys you want to do some sexy, so time, sexy to time?" Von De Carlo, and she's like, "Oh, you know what? I'm out." Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that you referred to it. <laughs> do you remember that in one of the episodes, Haas gets a girlfriend? Yes. Very briefly, I think, and that's very sweet. And Haas yeah. is the. Is he meant to be the middle brother or the oldest brother? I think he's the middle brother. (laughs) God, that show was good. (laughs) It was good. I really enjoyed it. Another thing I was going to say that um, this has nothing to do with anything and it's a bit of a tangent, so I appreciate um, your indulgence here. Mark and I have just started watching Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which if you (sighs) haven't seen it is honestly... I don't even know how to describe it. Like, no, it's I, we, so good. It's really hard to describe that. I watched a couple. I watched a couple episodes of it. I think it came out when in 20, 2008? Like 10 years old. I think it's, it's just, yeah, like mid 2000s. What's it yeah. Called? yeah. Garth yeah. Marenghi's Darling. <laughs> it is honestly, I was, we were watching the first episode and I paused it and I was like, how can they even know while filming this what this is going to turn? turn out like that this is going to be funny do you know what I mean it's yeah, so right, right. it's coming at it from like all so basically Glennis what it is is it's like it's a documentary <laughs> about a show from the 90s or something like that a British show that is written by a crime writer or sorry a horror writer so in the documentary he's a real life horror writer called Garth Marenghi and the show he wrote and he cast himself to star in it. It's called Dark Place. And what it is, it's about Dark Place Hospital where him and these other people <laughs> yeah. work there. And he's cast his publisher, who's played by Richard Iwade, as the like chief of staff. And Matt Berry plays his coworker. <laughs> Honestly, it's 
it's like, but what it is, is it's like making fun of those sorts of like, sort of like niche procedural show while also making fun of the hubris of like really up their butt horror writer who I guess is meant to be like Stephen King I guess he's not really that like an auteur like they think they're like an auteur it actually I looked it up it's from 2004 which is crazy yeah because I remember the only reason I remember it because I did this job when I first moved to LA where I was logging tapes. So basically what you do is you watch what's on screen and then you input it into a grid and every Mm -hmm. time code, you know, so that editors or producers can find what they're looking for. Um, And then I'd finish, but I'd still have like most of the day. And so what I would do is log on and try to see if I could stream um, like British shows, like through Vimeo or like some not cool site, right? Like not legal. Um, And so I would watch this and I knew that was in 2007 or 2008. So I knew it came out before that because I watched all of Spaced. Oh yeah. And I watched, was it the green room? The green war, the green wing. Oh, I know what you're trying The the sort of comedy, like, is it like a hospital? Yeah. 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 Those shows from that, like spaced is so great. But but so the idea is they didn't, when they're making the dark, dark plays, the joke in the documentaries, they didn't have very much. They seem to not have a very high budget to do the level of horror he's hoping to deliver on, even mm-hmm. though they don't specifically mention it. But there's scenes in it where like there's <laughs> they'll go outside and then what, only one person will have all their dialogue ADR'd. So it just like makes it this weird disconnect. It's like making fun of all these shows. Anyways, one of my favorite things about it is when they're walking down the hallways, they have really loud Foley work. So when they're walking down the hallways, it's like click, 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 like like of the foot. And when we were watching this one, they're running around the corners. I don't think the Foley work was bad here, by the way. Sorry, this is such a long way to get to this point. It did make me think of it because you're like, wow, like there's something about an 80s, 90s show where they're like, we have got to be very intentional with the Foley work. <laughs> We've got to be clear to people. They are walking around the corridors in their high heels and there has to be a real clip clop to it. It's like, we can't just it. <laughs> but Glittis, you should watch it. That's what I'm trying to do. Sure. Um, should we go through the beat? Yeah. Thunder weather. No, but there's a storm a brewing. <laughs> yep, an uprising. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty serious. And when they set the rock, honestly, when the alarm went off, it did really shock me. Even though I've seen this episode before, but when the the lock clicks shut on that big bolted door and all the cages come down, secret doors, closet hiding. I said exam room hiding. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, here's something we didn't talk about, which kind of segues into the next bit. You know, when Dr. Sorry, not Dr. Matthews, when the warden, when Jess, sorry, when Jessica asked the warden to reenact what she thinks has oh, happened. It's so weird. And they start playing that horror music and she's like stabbing <laughs> the syringe into Dr. Matthews. Yeah. And you're like, wow, she's got a lot of rage. Yeah, that scene was so weird. <laughs> Wait, the warden, wasn't she in Psycho? Uh, she was. Yeah. Oh, 
oldest sister. My yeah, God, you're right. Fa- this fact I looked up when we were when we were watching it. So this isn't a fact that I just know off the top of my head. I just wanted to like I'm not that that smart. <laughs> So. Okay. No, no. I because I always forget that she plays the sister. Yeah. Right? She's the one in back. Yeah. Even though she's in the majority of the movie, because yeah. she's the one who comes later to figure out what's going. Anyways, um. But yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. <laughs> that I was like, are we gonna go back to the fact that the warden like simulated right. stabbing a woman with a syringe? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was right. a really. Right. I just felt like that was a really wild scene. It was just. I mean, she did a really good reenactment, but then yeah, as it know, turns out, that's not so, what happened. She got so like unhinged about it. She's like, and then they stab it into her arm and they stab it. <laughs> stab it again and again. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm like, Jessica, are you going to let this keep going on? Are you going to like <laughs> bring it back here? Um, do we think Vera Miles and Angela Lansbury are friends or were friends? I wonder, I, now I want to look up I think I, I, I were in like so. movies together before. Vera Miles passed away I think within the last... No, no, she's still alive. Wait, no, who died? I mean, in this episode? (sighs) No, sorry, no. Like, a lot of people that have been in this episode (laughs) are no longer with us. No, sorry, not Vera Miles. There was another Vera that died that's British. Vera Lynn, was it? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, the singer. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. God, sorry, I was getting myself all mixed up. No, Vera Lynn passed away. Pass away. She was only, I mean, not only, sorry. She was 103. Wow. Vera only Lynn 103. I, yeah, she was, you guys, she was only 103. <laughs> but no, like, I have a good friend who loves her song, We'll Meet Again. I mean, yeah. I play it in any British World War II themed show or movie. They play that song all the time. This is what I'm saying. When she died, sorry, I got my Vera's mixed up. When she died, it was like practically a national day of mourning out here. People yeah. were like, they were like, we love Vera Lynn. Yeah, like, no, she is no, a national a big, treasure. Big <laughs> sorry, wait, sorry, wait, sing me the song. <laughs> we'll meet again. Don't know where. Don't know where. We we'll meet again. Some sunny day. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Judy Judy Dench was in that comedy series. Oh, oh um, no. no, she was in. Oh, I know what the it's the the one where she gets a second chance at love. It's like yeah, um, yeah. this time around or something. Yeah. Like anyway, Megan singing that reminded me, wondering if that's the theme song for that show. <laughs> okay that's wait all, hold on that was it okay. that's all i got i'm just throwing and, out i mean it's a really cool. it's a really really good song as but time yeah. goes by oh sorry me that's the show but you're ashley you're a hundred percent right that same should cool. be the theme song yeah. for that because they do meet again and you know what you're ne- it's never too late it's never to like late. you know that's what listen all british sitcoms are about that I don't know if you know that. Like all British sitcoms are about older people doing like, have you ever seen um Hetty Wainthrop Investigates with Patricia Routledge? Them. I need to watch them, but yeah. Let me uh, hold on, hold on. She decides at 60 to train as a PI 
and become a private investigator. And Dominic Monaghan plays her like number two. He's like 18. <laughs> and her I husband is this really sweet guy that's yes. like funding it. <laughs> it's really Yes, great. I have watched that. And another hot tip is if you've, you will have watched this, Ashley, I'm sure, but if you if you like Patricia Routledge and you yeah. like Hedy Wainthrop, absolutely watch Keeping Up Appearances. It is the best show with her in it where she yes. plays a lady called Hyacinth Bucket, but she re- <laughs> makes everybody call her Hyacinth Bouquet. And <laughs> yeah. she's always trying to, like, just, just, anyways. Anyway. It's so good. It is so good. She's so great. I think she's so good. You know. She was in To Sir With Love. Okay, that's the last, I'm sorry. That's the last detour I'm making. That's it, that's it. And I was just bringing that around because Sydney Poitier just passed away. That so. is right. All right, yeah. so we're done. I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> I keep like, anyways, I did like this okay, episode. I don't know why be? I'm struggling. Okay, um, poisoning, bludgeoning, Dr. Matthews is poisoned and Mims is stabbed right in the back, which is, whew. Yeah, I know. And like the way that they found found her where she's all like curled up in the fetal position. It was very sad. I know. And I feel like, why did Mims have to die? And it's still a little confusing. (laughs) And, you know, not to keep going on on the physicality of this, but we saw Debs pull the suicide letter out of the typewriter and that looked like that took some physical effort for her <laughs> then the idea that no. she would pick up a knife and stab it was a little bit unbelievable i would have believed it more if they were like she got Catherine to do it and i but i don't know if Catherine would have done that all she did was turn the lights out anyways phone wire cut we had so much hanging up on the deputy governor yeah <laughs> the mrs campbell would be mid-sentence and they're like click <laughs> like, you I remember her last name yeah, wait when you said we have so much hanging out i thought you meant like the deputy governor just left everyone hanging like again oh, and again yeah. and again and i was like really <laughs> well she did ashley because she was a i love that she was also a woman so they're also then dealing with the woman yeah. on the outside as well and she's like guys the governor's on vacation what do you want me to do about it and it's like, i don't know <laughs> stop this prison riot isn't that kind of yeah, that's right. Right. Start. <laughs> um she's shaking we had a lot of manhandling woman handling where like they're grabbing guards the guards are grabbing the oh, prisoners yeah, yeah it is tough window peep i mean not really we had just so i i'm gonna make an argument for one okay they are looking out the window at the people like putting the boxes in the van i don't know if that counts or not but yes i think think that counts i say that counts that's a big old peep she saw all that stuff yeah but it wasn't like i don't think well maybe they did show them looking out the window that's what i can't remember i think they did you're right megan sorry i didn't spot that one um Fake name ID. I guess that Dr. Matthews' prints aren't her own, mm-hmm. but we don't know who's there. The fuzz slash cop work and cop chemistry don't apply here because we do not have a police officer involved here. Like, it's just Jessica and the prisoners and... The warden. The warden, but the warden doesn't really help her solve it. She's trying yeah. to help, you know, businessy business prisons. <laughs> 
prison administration? <laughs> do, you, do you go from being a warden to being a senator? I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've not heard of that transition before, <laughs> but doesn't mean it couldn't happen. There's got to be some transferable skills there that, you know. Um, okay, age ain't nothing but a number. Brady, the guard, infirmary guard, was 42. Uh, Bertha was 45. Louise was 53. Tug was 27. Mary was 39. Catherine was 40. And Dixie was 41. Now, our prison workers, apart from the guard, obviously, Amanda Debs was 62. Miss Springer, who's Yvonne DiCarlo, was 63. Dr. Irene Matthews was 52. And Elizabeth Gates, was the warden, was 56. So that means Miss Springer was a year older than Debs, which sort of surprises me. Okay. Oh, because you thought. I thought she looked younger. Yeah. Yeah. And Debs, yeah. So that, I mean, I guess that all sort of checks out. All the, all the, um, prisoners are basically essentially apart from tug between 40 and 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 50 i guess that seems right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. tug um <laughs> the, the jonathan scale no although you know tug maybe <laughs> she wanted to do the right thing she just didn't know what the right thing and they were all good writers jessica said so yeah, she did. She said she thought all their stories were wonderful. I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, apparently, Mary Stam had written a real barn burner of a story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never know what that one was. Oh, my God. The look on Jessica's face when she tells her that she murdered her husband, that she's in there for murdering her husband, was really <laughs> funny. But that's what I kind of like about Mary is like, she is like this goody goody and everybody likes her, but she still kind of liked taking the wind out of Jessica's sails a little bit by doing right. that. Cause she could have been like at that point, but like, you know, my husband, you know, it was, I did kill him, but it really was only manslaughter or something like that. But instead yeah. she's just like, nope, I killed him. So there you go. <laughs> um, these days, no. Although I did think we were going to have a romantic moment between Mary and Susan and in the infirmary movement. That yeah, didn't yeah, that was, I did think that that's where that was going. That was sensual. <laughs> but, they seem to have a real connection. Yeah. I thought and, they were, I thought they were together. That's what I kind of thought too, but yeah, then, I don't know. Kind of went away Susan. from that, but yes. I know. Well, and yeah, she was pretty cute. So who could blame Mary? I, anyways, uh, petite feet, no. Glamour shots, no. Smooches, no. Bloody hands. We did get a, we did get our eyes on the knife sticking out of Mims's back. Yeah. Which was <laughs> a bit rough. Um, familial ties, no. Eyes closed, head shake, yes. And then a smile, which yeah. is a little bit unexpected. Um. So fave outfit, worst outfit. Ashley, what do you think? I would go, well, I actually really like Jessica's outfit the whole time. And, I, you know, um, I feel like we're all going to say that. Um, and my worst outfit would be um, Eve Plum Tug's hair. Mm. It, was, it was a little, I know, I know. 
<laughs> I came in hot. I came in hot for Tug. Oh, yeah. Megan, do you want to follow that up? Yeah, uh, Jessica's outfit, and particularly in the beginning, she's wearing like a beige trench coat mm-hmm. that had mm-hmm. a really cool collar. And then, um, yeah, Tug's hair was tough. <laughs> Glynis, what do you think? Uh, Jessica's outfit. There weren't really a lot of, you there know. There were, options. yeah. Uh, and I've got to say the warden's outfit for me mm-hmm. was not, not great. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay. They just made her look, I think, like, too So dowdy. And, like, um, it was this was like a brown silk shirt covered by gray tweed i mean is that it what was we... it was pretty yeah it was not good i i didn't have a worst outfit but i did like jessica's outfit and actually i thought all the ladies in their prison ensembles looked pretty cute just their jean shirts and their jeans <laughs> I don't know if that's what people wear. Um, biggest hunk, Megan. I'm a real sucker for Adrian Barbeau. Like mm-hmm. I love her. I think she's so pretty. But I think Yvonne DiCarlo is so pretty too. So kind of tough to choose. Okay. So Ashley, what about so Tug? No, no, no. no. <laughs> would tie you know yeah you know what i can't choose so it's tug um i would say von de carlo okay glennis yes um i would say adrian barbo i'm going with i did think about adrian barbo (laughs) but i decided to go with louise (laughs) because i thought louise was really pretty yeah um jb burns glennis you got any jb burns for us no jb burns well i can't remember who said this but it was about the cook and they said maybe she ate her own cooking yeah Yeah. oh that is true i I wrote glennis laughed out loud (laughs) (laughs) i enjoyed that yeah (laughs) okay ashley what about you um, the only one I have written down is Adrian Barbeau saying, uh, time for talk is past teacher and we're busting <laughs> out of here. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That made me laugh. Megan, what about you? Um, at one point, Jessica says to Catherine, frankly, dear, I don't care what you say. And someone says, yeah, maybe I didn't go to finishing school, but I can still add two and two. I don't yeah. know who said it. Tug, maybe. I thought it was. I thought it was Catherine. Actually, Jessica's exchanges with Catherine were really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like we have a deal. Catherine says, "I don't remember any deal." Jessica's like, "No way." I know Jessica's response is the most funny Daddy response. She's like, "Well, I do." Yeah. yeah. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> That makes, yeah, that made me laugh because I just was like, you're negotiating with someone who's openly like, like wavering and trying to see what's the best deal she can get. Like, I'm surprised you were surprised. Yeah, it was, yeah. that really, I don't know, that really made me laugh. Yeah. Um, like, I, only, <laughs> I, just, I, I just was like, Jessica, come on. 
Catherine would be like, oh yeah, Catherine, well I do. Here's Get my it. receipt. Yeah, like okay. Yeah, you're like, uh, you're right. It is a really funny response. <laughs> like, oh really? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just had written down something the warden said, which isn't really a bird, but she said, "This thing will probably blow all to hell. But if you don't try to defend me, maybe you'll survive." So, the warden, oh. that character, yeah, that was so intense. weird. Yeah. Because she, on the one level, she's like trying to help and do nice things, and then she has that unhinged stabbing scene, and then like, <laughs> um, <laughs> she was just all over the place. But then, you know, at the end, she was gonna do like something nice for um, Mary, because Jessica yeah. says, "I, I'm warning you that I'm gonna speak on her behalf at the next parole hearing," and you know, she says something like, "Well, I'm way ahead of you." No, it was sweet because it's like also, I guess you realize by the end that this is somebody who, you know, does have their best interests at heart, really. You know, she is trying, but it's like she didn't realize why it was uh, not not working. Um, She's like, I did an audit of all the staff. It's like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fave guest star. Hmm, who hasn't gone yet? Uh, Megan, do you want to go favorite guest star? Uh, sure, a favorite guest star. I mean, God, I feel like I didn't talk about her enough, but I do think Adrian Barbo was really great as Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Like, just kind of fun and, I mean, obviously, like, unhinged, but yeah. just, think of I, fun know, I thought unhinged. she was really good. Yeah. And I thought Ivonne Carlo was great, too. Yeah, do you guys agree with that? Yeah. What about you, Ashley? I agree. Yvonne DiCarlo. And I'd say Adrian Barbeau, but I really liked Yvonne DiCarlo. Yeah. Yeah. I just like have had such a long time like crash on Adrian Barbeau. I love <laughs> I know her. you do. I think she Do you remember her from Drew Carey's show where she played um Oswald's yes. mom? And everyone <laughs> yes. like thought she was so hot. <laughs> she is hot. <laughs> I just remember her from Escape from New York. That's like the main thing I kind of know her from. I've never seen The Fog, but you know, I haven't seen that. The remake was horrific, but um, I have not seen the original, but I I want to. I liked her. I did like Vera Miles in this, actually. Yeah. I thought she was interesting, and I was interested to know. what her deal was (laughs) yeah but like when I think of this episode I only ever think of Adrian Barbeau that's that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I am too so she must be kind of the real scene stealer here um okay Glynis's guess Glynis who'd you guess I got it right Debs is real bad you know I thought that actress did a great job too Mm. But yeah, she was very naughty. Yeah, she just seemed shady from the beginning. So you know. Yeah, like, she like, did. She's had fainting spells. I get worse reports from my doctor all the time. <laughs> she did um, like Jessica's books, but it, yeah. right. I did write that it's one of the few times where like the bad person liked the book. I guess it's a, it's a sort of like 
red herring at the beginning because when we meet the cast of characters dubs is like hey i like your books and i'm cool and the warden is like giving up basically a bollocking to um dr matthews like right in front of <laughs> jessica is like their guest and you're like <laughs> but then it turns out listen first impressions they can deceive um okay so glennis is scoring now ashley just a heads up here yeah she, what was the vibe you know i'm not saying it was bad i think she kept like megan said she kept describing it as chaotic okay and um we don't know whether that's an energy she was in tune with or not. Okay. I would say I'm going to go out on a limb here and say she gave it more points than Deadeye, but I don't know how many more. That points. would be my guess. And I think she gave it more points than the next episode we're doing. <laughs> it would be my Oh, guess. God. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say she'd probably give this if she's feeling charitable. Uh -huh. I think she'd give it a six. I okay. would say gave it a three. <sighs> okay. I okay, was going to say five. I'm going to say four. I'll say four. I'm going to go the five. Okay. That's smart. Let's see. <laughs> would you put four? Oh. <laughs> really glad I didn't go with the six because that was my initial one. <laughs> well, I thought she maybe would find it like fun, but yeah. not, not it was fun. Than I just, yeah, it was. It wasn't above average fun. Yeah. It was, it was like your slightly... normal four out of 10 fun. Yeah. yeah it's just yeah. like slightly below average fun. Now, yeah. Not slightly below average fun. That's so much hurt. <laughs> so what was your favorite moment? I mean... <laughs> i mean probably all the like shotgun work yeah yeah top notch shotgun work in this episode <laughs> yeah. it really was <laughs> that makes me laugh top gun done. shotgun work <laughs> i mean top gun shotgun work gun, yeah what do you think ashley my favorite moment and your points and my points i liked i did i like the all-female cast I mean, that was kind of my favorite sort of element of the, of the show. Um, but I really like, I like the scene with Jessica and the cook and Jessica's sassing her and saying that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> needs to be buried. Um, and I would give it, I'd say a seven. Okay. Yeah. I liked it, but it was a little dark too. I need mm. some levity. Just like a hair. So, yeah. Okay. Megan, what about you? Yeah, I'll go seven. And my okay. favorite part, I don't know. I think any of the exchanges between Jessica and Catherine were pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll also go with seven. I like, um, the reveal at the end I think that's pretty good I think um and you're right actually I like that it was an all female cast I thought it was like it was a fun dynamic shift that you know um and yeah. it's nice to see her sometimes in like real peril or like peril where she, it feels like she actually feels like she's in danger yeah. as opposed to like yeah. 
most of the time I think she doesn't feel that way so it's like it's cool to see her like think on her feet because she remembers the deal I do (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah does anybody else have anything they want to add before we close out well thank you so much everybody for listening and we hope you'll listen again next week bye bye bye